In announcers fact, kept calling him De Bruyne. I know. Yeah. Not even De Bruyne. Huh? I know. De Bruyne. You're gonna get. What the? Every Jeez. time, and every time they said it, it was a kick to your De Bruyne. Welcome to our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. <laughs> Brian Chesko. Hey guys, I have a joke. A joke for you. Great. Start like a joke. What a way joke? to kick like things off. What, Brian? What a way to kick things off. Yeah. Yes, I got a joke for you. Okay. You ready? Uh, sure. All right, hold on. Uh, what do uh, nine Premier League clubs and I have in common? I don't know. What do nine Premier League teams and you have in common? We all were at the beach for the last four uh, days. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you were. Hey, wait, I got another one. I got another one. Okay. okay. What do nine Premier League clubs and I have in common? I don't know. We all scored the same amount of goals. Oh, yes. my gosh. Wow. Good jokes. Yes. Jokes, jokes all around. I hope Absolutely. everyone listening to this likes jokes. Oh, I hope so, too. I guess at the number nine. But on uh, second review, it looks like that was the number of clubs I, I did have it right that didn't score any goals last weekend. <laughs> Nearly half the league, gentlemen. Bunch you can go- tell. Bunch of goose eggs. Well, you can tell we're in the month of May. Bunch of goose yes. eggs on the beach. Not a lot to play for anymore. Nope. That's Scott, you are awful tan. No. Thank Look you. at you. Thank you. I appreciate found, that. Found some sun this weekend. I, listen, I'm not kidding. I was at the beach for the last four days. Had a good time. Uh, missed a lot of Premier League football, but I'm ready to do this. Okay. I'm ready to do this. You're Brian, a, I, you know, I'm yeah, a consummate I'm, professional. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Bump my microphone though, so not such a professional. Yeah, and Brian was more than convincing in how yes, ready that's, he that's was. I, I mean, what am I gonna say? No, I'm not ready. Let's pause right now. <laughs> if we do, no one would ever know. Yeah, they will edit it out. That's true. All I was gonna say is this: for all of the for all of the garbage that a week ago Saturday was, I feel like most of the matches that happened, except for the 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 top and bottom of the table, were no different. It's true. They're, they're equally bad, if not worse. We're going to talk about all of those, too. Can't wait. <laughs> In fact, let's do it right now, Brian. Let's get on to these matches. On to these matches. Chelsea 3, Middlesbrough nil. Chelsea are on their way to securing the title. It's thanks, done. Thanks to goals from Costa, yeah. Alonso, and Matic. Alonso's goal uh, puts him back into first over his teammate Gary Cahill's top-scoring defender this season. If only Tottenham could have won last week. What percentage chance do you give them of not beating West Brom on Friday? Uh, not. I, I literally would say zero. West Brom has been at the beach. Why would they all of a sudden show up th- this next week? Yeah. Chelsea knows that they win it. They win the title. They have everything to play for. West Brom has nothing to play for, as they've shown the last four weeks. What the, if I was at whatever the odds were on this game, bet them. Bet, bet on Chelsea and win yourself some You're not money. even going to give them the slightest bit of a chance at a draw, no. considering they're at home. No. West I mean, Brom co- playing up for their home fans. You don't go more than 1% for a chance here. I mean, especially after you read Pulis's quote. I don't know why I'm talking so much about West Brom. It's because they're playing Chelsea next. I, I get that. But after this, after their last match this past weekend, Tony Pulis, one of my favorite managers in the Premier League. Is yeah, we love the guy. This is Tony Pulis. People who've been giving a stick don't understand we will make a massive profit at the end of the season this club is run very professionally we have to survive and we do that very well 
What Tony Pillis forgets is that sport businesses are different than everyday other run-of-the-mill businesses that are out there. You don't just run a sports business for profit. You run a sports business to win. Uh, Arsenal runs for, for profit. Well, and they don't win. <laughs> and that's exactly the point. You know, for West Brom, it's get to 40 points, and then we're done for the season, and that's what they've done. That's why, like you said, Brian, they're probably not going to they're, they're not going to do the league any favors and hold up Chelsea's run. To it's the, the only thing is that it's the last home match of the season. And maybe there's a maybe they can drum up enough pride to put together. Oh, I don't know. Can they put together 85 good minutes? That's all they need. No, but I'm just still wondering why we're not talking about Chelsea and Middlesbrough. Yeah, that's true. Well, Let's talk there's, about that. Cause, cause, because there's nothing to talk about in this game. Brad Guzan nutmeg. That's Three it. Three times. That's How do you it. get nutmeg three times for you, three goals? You just have a really wide stance. I mean... <laughs> or skinny legs. You can't make that up. Who gives up three goals through the five hole? That's... For non-hockey fans, that's between your legs. That's right. unbelievable. It's not just a big surprise that Chelsea did not give up any goals or that Middlesbrough didn't score any goals because Chelsea have never conceded a goal against Middlesbrough wow. in six Premier League games against them. Middlesbrough have gone seven Premier League games uh, at Stamford Bridge without scoring. So the last time they scored at Stamford Bridge was in September 2001. So six consecutive without scoring a goal, now seven in a row for Chelsea against Middlesbrough. What kind are you going to do? I mean, it sounds like to me the story a lot. Why, like, why'd they even play the game? Story yeah. was already written. It was, and it played out exactly the way it's supposed to. Now Middlesbrough is officially relegated alongside Sunderland uh, for next season. Scott, weren't you just reading an article about the BBC already trolling Middlesbrough? Absolutely, they were in the in the match report of this of this Chelsea Middlesbrough match. Tr- it was a trolling of Middlesbrough, referring to their two January signings as not being of Premier League quality and saying that they've got a squad that's fit for the championship. Amazing. Yeah, pretty interesting. As far as fantasy goes, I still have Ben Gibson, but I haven't played him since that double match week a couple of weeks ago. There's nothing else to talk about on the Middlesbrough side of things. It's, I mean, we saw what hey, newly how, relegated how about, how about Sunderland. about that Costa? Well, we'll get to Chelsea in a second. Just to be thorough here, we saw newly relegated Sunderland get a win, teaser for later in the pod. Uh, any any hopes of playing any Middlesbrough players on in this you know to get a post-relegation bump? Not, seemingly something that can happen not really uh, i mean they they middle, host southampton yeah. this coming saturday that's that's their one uh, you'd think that's their one chance because then they play they play at liverpool to end the season nobody likes anything about that for middlesbrough there uh especially as long as liverpool's need liverpool needs to keep playing to secure top four i'm going to be tempted to play ben gibson against southampton at home final home game that, that might have nil nil draw all over it yeah, it's possible. I already no own him, Gabby Adini's going to score like five in that game. I don't know. Why? What's he playing for? I mean, All he has to do is thing. kick it at Guzan's legs. <laughs> Good point. Nutmeg. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's possible they'll play for something in that last home match, but I wouldn't buy anyone from Middlesbrough. That's just no. because Gee whiz, I already no. own him. On the Chelsea yeah. side, you keep going with what you got, right? Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. Well, Nothing new there? It obviously, depends. my jinxing didn't work. I picked up Costa. I already had Hazard. That you got to think they're... up the table in our league now. I know. They're... I know. Maybe I should have taken a minus twenty-four a long time ago. <laughs> they are. Um, they are going all out against West Brom. 
Presumably to win the title. Absolutely. Uh, After that, good luck. Uh, I don't know that you could count on them. And here after they win the title, e- mm-hmm. yeah. Even though That's the premier, point. this is per the premier fantasy premier league. Uh, especially for someone like uh, Eden Hazard, who in thirty three starts this season has been subbed twenty three times, mm-hmm. most often subbed player in the premier league this season. Um. I don't know that you could count on any of those starting guys to be there uh, after they presumably beat West Brom. It is interesting. I, it's a quick turnaround to Monday when they host Watford. I think it's a. I think it's a risky play well, from a fantasy I, perspective. Yes, I would say this too, though. They're not in any other. Well, they are in the FA Cup final, but that's not. Which for, is not. not it's not for. Not for it's not for a ways. So if the FA Cup final was sooner, I would say, yeah, it's a big risk. It might be less of a risk because of the FA Cup final being so far away. But I don't know. If they secure the title, I just think maybe they roll out some of those. Uh, maybe they roll out some of the, the some subs. Those kids. Yeah. yeah, agreed. That's interesting. It's very interesting that you might, that, that, that could be a big issue from fantasy Premier League perspective given that they've been great all season long. Well, since October, I guess, for you. All right, next match. West Ham won, Tottenham nil. The entire reason why we've given Chelsea the title. Uh, Manuel Lanzini with the lone goal in this London derby. The Hammers get the win. Billich maybe saves his job. Spurs going to spur. Yeah, it finally happened. Brian, you love Lanzini. I do love Lanzini, and... The best thing about Lanzini, which I know some people pointed out, was his his record of goal scoring in London derbies. 14 goals now for him scored in the Premier League, Manuel Lanzini. Huh. Nine of them have been scored in London derby appearances. That's pretty interesting. It's- and his goal scoring at home, like we've already talked about, it's a, it's it's Antonio-like in its near guarantee. Hmm. Um. Look, I know you guys want to hate Spurs really bad. Everybody I does. I don't want to. I was hate rooting them. for I hate to admit it. I was rooting but, for them. Look, can I give statistical defense of them? I don't think it's possible, but I'd like to hear it. I just want to just 23 wins they have on the season. Their next win will give them their most their their highest win total since 1966-67 season. They had 9 wins in a row entering the match, which was the most in a row, most consecutive since the 1960 season when they were, when they had 13 in a row. And they also won the first division title that year and the FA Cup. This is, this is as a historical, mm. a historically great winning Run. team okay. for them. Since the start of last season, Spurs have earned 147 points. Entering the match, it was more than any other Premier League team. Only after this past week, Manchester City there is the only team to score more goals than Spurs since the start of last season. They have 141 goals. City has 141 goals. That was after five uh, yeah, against Palace. Mm-hmm. Spurs have 140 goals. And then, of course, last season they had that ridiculous stat of scoring the most goals and conceding the fewest. The amount, yep. This year they have by far the fewest goals conceded at 23. 
so so what so what's like what's it gonna take to get them over the hump well i mean i've seen it i've seen it more than once and you've already said it this year in a way they're everyone's everyone chelsea is kind of lucky to not have any other to have the european commitment i mean you just wonder what, how it would look different for them if they had that extra you know that extra incentive mm-hmm. that all the other top teams do. Yeah, I mean that's not the only thing. I mean, I, like they've been. Cha- I just think for a team that's been, everyone has been chasing Chelsea since what November, Oct- probably. Yeah, I mean it hasn't. It's it felt like it was over at Christmas. It felt every month since then. It wasn't until that slip up against Crystal Palace right. that it was like, oh hey, this is possible, this is possible now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all. I just think. For a team that's been that everyone has praised for their unbelievable goal scoring capability, just the the kind of beautiful football that they've played at their highest moments this year. I mean, they have I, I, the other stat. I mean, they have the same number of goals this season that Liverpool does, and Liverpool's peak offensive capabilities in the fall. Everyone, I mean, they looked so unstoppable and sure. like. That was before they had been clopped. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just think there's so many good, there's just so much good about this this season. And yet, and, I'm going to throw a wet blanket on all of that, Brian, and and point this out. Since the start of the 15-16 season, so if you take the last this season and last season mm-hmm. and combine them, seven clubs have led the league. The most days leading the league over the last over the course of the last few season uh, that goes to Manchester City. Okay. Second place is Chelsea largely because of That's this year. That's surprising. I would not have guessed City. Third is Leicester. Fourth is Arsenal, distant fourth. Yeah. Fifth Liverpool, sixth United, seventh Hull City. Tottenham has not led a day. When did you say Hull City? Yeah, remember they had that great start to the season this year, we might feeling. So they led for like a day, like one week, they led the table. Uh Seven clubs there have led the league over the last, over this season and last. Not one of them is Tottenham. They have never led yeah. the Premier League in the last two seasons with this group of players. So yes, they've got all all the statistical uh, you know ability, and yet they don't have that closing power. Do you feel like Tottenham Scott is better this season than last season? I do. So so they're making steps. Except there's one big problem, which is Wembley Stadium. I actually am not going to predict Tottenham to be anywhere near top four next year because they suck at Wembley. They proved it this year in the Champions League and again in the Europa League. Scott. And all the matches that they played proved it in the FA Cup. They're not they losing. They suck at Wembley. Okay. I, and that's where all their matches are played next year. I know. As White Hart Lane it. undergoes construction. I get it. I just think that the few games that they've had in there, they haven't performed well. They've not I think when won they're playing at all in a regular Wembley. season game. No, it's no. Nope. They're not making top four. A next pitch year. is a pitch. Uh, tell it to tell it to Spurs, man. Oh, tell it to okay. Spurs. Would you? What would you like to wager that they're top six next year? Uh, I'm not ready I to will, say top six. I said top four. You said you they they're not going anywhere top near top 10. four. I did not. I said they're not going anywhere near top four. So what does that mean? I mean, I'm saying at best maybe sixth. Okay, I'll say I'll take five and higher. Okay, done. Okay, it's a bet. All right, we'll write it down. And and I would wager it would be on the top end of that. They're not losing their coach. 
they're, they're they young might. players they are might. only going to be Has better. Has Barcelona replaced their manager yet? They have not. Okay. I'm, Pochettino, about to move into the brand new White Hart Lane, is not leaving for Barcelona. You say that. Tottenham has as much money and or more money to spend than Barcelona does. Yeah, but they're not Barcelona. Sorry, Dave. Understood. But money's money. Luckily for Pochettino and for Spurs, though, Spurs will, will be in the Champions League like Barcelona next year. Sure. But again, they're playing at Wembley. Anyway. West Ham, man. Are they going to get it together next year, Brian? I don't know. If they don't have injuries, because I like Billich, and I like a lot of players on their team. And you know who else likes Billich? A lot of the players on their team. And that could help him secure his job, especially this win. This win yeah. and, and the, and the uh, popularity that he has with the, with the club and the fans. And, and with us, not that that matters. But I, I, it should be obvious to the ownership that what's going on. I mean, they've had so many ridiculous injuries. Right. And so much inconsistency. But Dave. I just have a hard time feeling why, holding Billich accountable. Arsenal for that. fan. Arsenal has had so many injuries over the last several years, and people want to hold Wenger accountable for that. Well, and, and that's not. He did make, uh, make some, some training staff moves. And it's helped a little. It has. It Last has. year, a second place finish. And, and this, this year, year down. But, but you can't blame injuries this year. You, you can, can blame true, other things, but true. not injuries. Yeah, that's right. He's fixed that problem. And so, you could still win a trophy this year. He might. He might. As far as fantasy goes, for the rest of this season, I'm scared to play my Spurs all of a sudden. I went from three no. maxing out to being scared. What are they playing for? Oh, come on. I got nothing from my three Spurs players this week. All right. This past week. What am I going to get this coming week? If Chelsea win the title on Friday... What are Spurs going to give me on Saturday? Well, I, I don't think they're, they want to lose second place like like they did last year. Oh, no. Year, and that's which, what I, I, which I don't think they can. I would I would assume that they do not want to have a, a season exit the way they exited last season right, at right. all. It's and still so, hard to play when you've lost. Yeah, I mean, the title. No, 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 no. Especially they're playing at Leicester after the way last season ended. Come on, man. They're showing up for that game. I don't game. think that matters anymore. I think the professionals are going to go out and show up and play. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't just think, think they're just going to shut it yeah, down I like mean, they well, play for Pulis. Like I was going to say, like 14 clubs have? I mean, come on. My, my feeling going into this season was losing the way they did, as close as it was, like just the desperation that they needed and to lose in such a crushing fashion at the end of last season. I was really skeptical going into this year that they would have the mental fortitude being so young and just not not having really ever been there before, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know that it was surprising for many people that they were this good this year. But I just feel like if if they really have turned a mental toughness corner, if they really have, uh, if they really have improved the way that it looks like they have, I would just think that they're not gonna that they're not gonna fold. That that, 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 that the pride of the team should should take them to want to finish as the strongest they possibly can. Well, for the sake of my fantasy title challenge, I hope both of you yeah. are uh, correct in your optimism. I, I fear that I don't share it and and that might not work out for me. I think you're wrong. Okay. Manchester City five, Crystal Palace nil. City hasn't folded it in. That's for Man, sure. That's, no. that's because uh, every single player is fighting for playing time. That's true too. And no next one year. knows who's going to play. Yeah, absolutely. No one knows who Pep's going to sell. And uh, man, what in the world? It, they uh, they came out to play, and let me tell you, didn't CP Crystal yeah. Palace has not had a clean sheet against Manchester City. Since 1993, you could count on a goal 
I think, uh, at least in this one. Do you know the last time Crystal Palace scored against a goal at the Etihad? Never. 2005. Wow. So yeah. it's a little bit better than their clean sheet record against Manchester City. Wow. But I mean, come on. This is pretty, it's been, uh, you'd say, lopsided. And this match was, uh, well, it was bad for <laughs> Crystal Palace. Mm. Especially by the end when even commentators are saying there's the point in the match, in a match like that, <laughs> where you're on the field and you just say, please, God, let the whistle blow. <laughs> Like just get us on the bus or whatever vehicle it is that they're taking away from the stadium. This was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's okay, though, uh, because all that Crystal Palace has to do is win their next match coming up this coming Sunday. I'm still keeping my – I'm keeping Zaha. Uh, any, any other uh, – What about Benteke? A lot of people are playing Benteke. I, I would keep Benteke, especially maybe for one more week, uh, because they are playing in what is going to be the biggest match of this coming match week. Yes, I don't think I'm overstating that. Crystal Palace versus Hull. Yeah, a true gigantic. mid-May relegation six-pointer. Yeah, both teams need the win. Absolutely, especially after Hull laid an egg. Exactly, yes, which we'll get to this and weekend. And with Palace's egg in this match, they're still not out of the clear. So There's this a bunch is, of hens running around in this match. There's a chance. A bunch of eggs dropped. It's true. There's a chance Hull and Swansea could still end up both being safe. Hey, in this in this segment, in this um, podcast that we're doing here, yeah. do we want to go through and, and have a complete reshuffle for the last two weeks just to say, hey, who actually is still playing here? Who should we count on <laughs> out of the teams that are left to do darn near anything? Hey, maybe instead of an injury roundup, we should just say, who, who the hell is still playing? I, I mean, I would submit that <laughs> Manchester City mm-hmm. are at the very top, yep. tippy top of that. Liverpool Agreed. is still Given playing. F- Chelsea's still playing. Well, for now, until they win the title. What I'm saying is, yeah, that's what I mean. So Arsenal. Arsenal, Arsenal, still Arsenal City, and Liverpool are three of the most important. But I think because of their double week and because of the of the d- difficulty of the fixtures, Manchester City would be number one. Yeah. Which you're right, of the which remaining we, which we teams. covered a couple of weeks ago that their schedule right. was the best. Yeah, I just think that you, almost everyone that matters in this match scored. Good call on the podcast if. Anybody listened to us and bought Vincent Company? Yes, I was about to bring him uh, up. I Scored. mean, great! What a great goal, first of all, and yeah, yet again, uh, like we said, not coming out of the lineup and absolutely essential to what Manchester City does. Company six point oh, but his which last, is up his last four games: fourteen nine zero eleven. Yeah, that's worth it. Holy crap! Yep, yep. And he's playing nine zero eleven. And he's playing, and they're playing to the end of the season. And his goal this game was strikerish. Yeah, it was very good. It (laughs) it wasn't like it was just off a set piece, and where he headed it in. Um, yeah. Do you still buy him then, Brian? You still recommend he's a buy for the last two matches? If you can fit him in, I mean that. I know for in my personal decision making it. The the players that it came down to in defense, depending on how I wanted to shuffle around the other attacking players, it came down to a decision between Nacho Monreal and Vincent Company. And I, if I had made the decision, it would have gone to Monreal and I would have been wrong. 
Just because he was a little bit less, he was. I think sure. he was a tenth. I think he was a tenth less last week okay, now than company. So it would have been just. It would have been with that in mind. However, going into this, going into this coming week of yeah, if you can get company, absolutely. Uh, KDB Kevin DeBrown also had a big match, a goal and an assist. Yeah, in announcers fact, kept calling him De Bruyne. I know. Yeah. Not even De Bruyne. I know. De Bruyne. You're gonna get <laughs> what the. Every Jeez. time and every time they said it, it was a kick to your degroin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank. Thank you, Scott. You're Absolutely. gonna. You're gonna get that though. Like, I know, but it's not even. Like they can't even agree to say it wrong. Look, Dave, we've been over this. You can't get mad about this anymore. Oh, we can. I do. I, can. It's so stupid. Uh, but speaking of De Bruyne slash De Bruyne <laughs> slash. De Bruyne, there it is. Oh wow! Uh, he provided his league high fifteenth assist on the season. Uh, imagine if he was a regular starter. Yeah, how great he, he, he would, would be. have broken the record of of eighteen or nineteen. Pep, Pep's getting he got that one wrong. Let's just let's just put that out there right now. City, like you said, they're fighting, and I think Crystal Palace will fight in this next match. They want um, to secure their status. We, we need to address Gabriel and Aguero. What I would say is yes. Yeah, so. We it's not it could be an injury roundup issue, but it's not. This is an a right now injury roundup issue. Sergio Aguero's injury is not as bad as initially feared. He should be available for the next match. I am guessing would guess that they are don't run him ragged for the match. It seems like because how effective they were together just two matches ago, yeah. why not go straight back to Jesus and Aguero together up mm. top? Now, a couple weeks ago, when that when I, there there were reports, there were stories with Aguero talking about how he's not ne- he's not necessarily that f- top number nine striker position by his initial choice or by the by, by by that he's that he's learned to play that position. He wants to be on the field. He was as much a distributor in that match as he was uh, uh, looking to score. I think it's good for both of those guys obviously if he comes back and it's and it's even more reason why get those get whoever it is in there. I don't I really don't know if, if you can pick wrong with any Manchester City player all of a sudden. It's amazing how things change in yeah, just in just a short period of time. Starting. Even though Sterling got limited time, he didn't start, but he still came in and got a goal and an assist. Like you've been touting Sané for a while. He yep. seems to be consistently starting. Sané's the one when of Gap, the only Jesus he, is healthy. Sané's one of the only guys of the entire team that didn't do anything in this this past week. They still play. I mean, they play Leicester at home. They play West Brom at home. This they get both matches this week, and they end at Watford. I mean, come on. That's true. This is this That's is so uh, this is the time. Can I just take a slight diversion here and say what is really so good is the fact that starting this Friday, we will have seven straight days of Premier League football. It's pretty interesting. It's a great game week thirty-seven. <laughs> Not every match is going to matter, obviously, but. Uh, Seven straight. You can't argue about seven straight days. Fifteen no. matches in game week thirty-seven. No. How about this? Out of the top three most expensive people that there are, which is Alexis Sanchez, Eden Hazard, and Kevin De Bruyne, 
Who of those three do you most want on your team given this coming set of matches? The Fantasy Premier League has been pushing almost every single one of those guys at some point in the past few weeks, all looking ahead to this exact set of fixtures because arsenals are easy. Yeah. Manchester cities are are not as easy, but easy, but relatively but easy. And Chelsea's Hazard and Chelsea's easy. are easy. But to Scott's point, there's a chance, there's a chance Hazard might not even play some of those games, especially with that quick turnaround, and or he might come in as a sub. He might not start. He might come on after 45 minutes. And the thing that makes it really tricky, very interesting, is that that match on Monday against Watford at home if that was their final home match, I could see Conti put a full squad out. However, their final match, match week 38, is also at home against Sunderland. So why not sit your starters three days after you, could you win sit, the title? You could sit your starters for both of those matches. You could, but they're going to go out strong. Sure. And and because their final home match isn't until the final day of the season, they might sit them against Watford. So that that that, that really makes Eden Hazard a question mark in your, in your scenario there, Brian. Yeah. I like... KDB is still a question mark because he's not going to play both matches either. Yeah, there's no way you could count on him starting and playing the majority of both matches. And I really don't know how you can count on him to do that. We know who pretty much starts every match. Yeah. Okay. But, but by position, though, the way he's been used, I mean, we can talk about Sanchez. I'm really excited to talk about Alexis Sanchez in the next, in mm. the next part because, mm. of, because of how he was handled. Right. Uh, against Manchester United. Okay. Before we get there, let's get this one out of the way. So the answer is Sanchez, is yes. what you're saying out of that list. I would guess, yeah, okay. if I had to choose. Liverpool nil, Southampton nil. Good day for Maya Yoshida and Jack Stevens owners. More Yoshida than Stevens. I think Stevens got that yellow card, right, for his handball in the box. If I remember more like right. a shoulder ball, but... If I remember right, Jack Stevens finished with a bonus point in this well, that match. Took care of that then, didn't it? Uh, he did not receive a yellow card oh, in the match. He mistake. received one bonus point, finishing his day with seven points. Thank you, Brian, for Thank being you. accurate on no the problem. spot. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, not much happened. Obviously, Milner. Why would you own him for his PKs? Maybe, but he's only had seven of them this year. Not enough for fantasy soccer uh, to be owned. <laughs> and uh, but he did lose points for missing. Fraser Forster. Provides us with Damn. Scott's stat of the day. No way. You ready for this? And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Ready. Can't stat wait. Stat is one. That is now the number of Premier League penalty kick saves Fraser Forster owns. Great. This Ever. is his first Premier League. It's a nice save. save. It was a nice save. Does anyone want to guess what he said to James Milner in all of that massive... Uh, that was unsporting exchange prior to the I, the penalty being taken. I watched most of this game. I missed this whole section. In oh. fact, I didn't know that it even happened. Yeah. Until the end of the game, and the cameras are on Milner. He's kind of squatting down, just looking dejected. I'm thinking, what did Milner do? And then I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if he missed a PK. So tell me, I I, I literally don't. It was know. just a lot of it was just a lot of of head games before the kick, prior to the kick that end, that ended with uh, James Ward Prowse yeah. getting a yellow card for unsporting 
conduct to who there's a lot of delay. just in general he was just delaying he went over and grabbed a water bottle at the on the on the Demo end the, line uh, yeah i mean he was just kind of lingering around there were about four guys who were all delaying the penalty kick in some way fraser forster said something he got right up in milner's face as milner put the ball down and they they talked for a minute i think uh fraser forster did most of the actual talking Whatever it was, it worked. This is interesting because most of the Southampton players know at some point Liverpool is going to try to buy them. So it's <laughs> interesting that they would. I mean, look at how many players have they signed from Southampton over the last five years? Three or four. Southampton is <laughs> Liverpool's farm team. Works for me. Yeah. yeah Daniel Klein's good. a great right back. Adam Milana is great in the midfield. Yeah, Lovren and Ricky Lambert didn't work out Ricky so much. Ricky Lambert and who else? Yeah, Lovren is mm, yeah. a work in progress. Dave, what do you anticipate from Arsenal against Southampton? I guess I should say, what do you expect of Southampton tomorrow? What so would it, be today or so before, from anyone listening? Sure. To yeah, let me set this up before you answer that, Dave. So we've got one match still to play in game week 36 as we record this on Tuesday night. That's right. Uh, and that is the Wednesday night Southampton-Arsenal match, the second match for both of those clubs. Uh, and so that's what Brian's alluding to here. So Southampton... Their defender's clean sheet points might not be all you get from them, uh, depending on how things go at home against Arsenal. Go ahead, Dave. They're Southampton, obviously, playing at home. It is not their last home game. They will have one more. They'll have two more. They won against United and one against Stoke. I think Arsenal is going to house them. I know okay. it sounds silly. That sounds very Homerish. I don't have any proof. And I've been very, for the most part, anti-Arsenal. I was surprised to see what Arsenal did to United. They did get a little luck. Southampton's <laughs> not going to park the bus quite as well as Have they we moved did on? Are we on to Liverpool. the... Not yet, not yet. No. Okay. They're not going to park... But we're on to the next... We're, we're on to Southampton's second we, match. We agree, okay. we agree that Liverpool offensive players, the top three guys, Firmino, Coutinho... Uh, Origi. Origi hasn't done anything. No, okay, no, so we, we can say chances. the top two, Coutinho well, and Firmino, are Lallana still has a are useful. To maybe do something, Who knows what Lallana does? Excuse they, me, he hasn't done anything since he's been right, back. Right, yeah. and whether or not he even plays 90 minutes again this season, who knows? That's right. But So Coutinho and Firmino are about it uh, yeah. for, for Liverpool. Yeah. Unless you want to take a chance on Mignolet or one of the defenders for whatever reason. Uh, and just hope they don't concede a goal. Match. Yeah. yeah, it, it would have worked, worked this match. But no, I just, I just wonder with Southampton. I mean, there's. I mean, I would never. I don't think I would have ever guessed nil nil. Uh, You're right. At, I at Anfield. You're right. I wouldn't have. Either. Although uh, this is the third. Isn't this three consecutive matches that Liverpool have not scored? Maybe four they in a row. Them, they played them four times this year in all competitions and haven't scored on them at all. Yeah. Southampton played Arsenal very hard last year. This is. A, this I don't was, remember. I don't remember their the the earlier fixture between them this year. I, th I don't remember. But. This was a, a solid ten seated bus that Southampton brought to Anfield, parked right in the pitch, and it worked. It, it was fine. If that's, I mean, that's what they came to do. They came to get a point. I mean, it's going to cost Claude Puel his job, and it, it you know it meant that the rest of us had to you know got a good nap in during the first half. And, you know, kudos to them because it might have also cost Liverpool fourth place. Arsenal is going to feel motivated to come in and do a better job against Southampton, and they might have the chance to since Southampton won't be parking the bus so much at home in this one. But speaking of Arsenal, 
their success makes top four still possible for them. Arsenal two, United nil in this one. Uh, Xhaka didn't like the way we talked about him last week. No. So he's you know what he did to you, Scott? Gave you the middle finger. That's fine. He still sucks. And I, Danny Welbeck. Do you know the scored. giggling that I did when I saw Jacques score that? <laughs> I'm sure. Listen, uh, the giggling you should have done. Fantastic. The giggling you should have done was a nervous giggle at the beginning. Whenever it was when Wenger said he wasn't going to be fit enough to play in this match at all going into it, and then Jacques comes out and plays anyway. And then manages oh, yeah. to shoot a 50-yarder off of a dude's back that goes straight Listen, into the if net. If you look at that trajectory, that shot would have been close had it not hit Herrera's back. The only way he got credited for that goal was if they deemed that it was going to be on That's target. what I'm saying. It was absolutely on target. Brian, uh, yeah. talk, to me, talk to me about this, this injury report of which you speak. The Premier League's injury report wasn't accurate? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, believe it or not. Uh-huh. And Arsenal was at the center of it again. The injury that he picked up after they played the Spurs, he was supposedly not fit enough to be able to make this match. And that was said can days just, ahead of the match. No, can I just say, if there's two right. things I want you're us to totally be... totally right. No, I was, I'm, I was, I'd forgotten about that. Sorry, mm-hmm. Dave. I want us to be known for three things. Number one, solid fantasy Premier League analysis. Okay. Two, the proper pronunciation of Kevin DeBrowna. And three, the lack of injury reporting in the league. I want it to be known for those three okay. things, bringing that I, I to am, light. I am absolutely all over that. Crusade. I'm on a crusade. Hey, you know how shady injury reporting in the Premier League. Uh, the one guy who was not shady about injury reporting going into this match <laughs> probably was Jose Mourinho. To a who, fault. <laughs> who said forever, <laughs> I'm going to be playing anybody that is a healthy body to get out there. You know what's the dumbest thing about this is the whole we're, we don't have a shot at the top four like they did they had a better shot at top four than arsenal did going into this match it's true i mean come on well well, hold on a second though you're get you're kind of getting on him what what didn't he try to do to try to win the game what he started try to win the game he started our how to say segment understood but who else was going to play when you have a starting when you have a starting backline of Matteo Darmian, you bring Phil Jones off of the injury for the first time, along with Chris Smalling back from injury. All them were on for the, the bench? first time. No, this was your starting. This was the starting back four. Sure. For Manchester United. No, no. Then that's what I thought. Eric Bailly trained. He played in the Europa League match. Against uh, Vigo. Right. So you also had Antonio Valencia. He's not hurt. I'm they, just saying. You and they st- still played the other guy. Right. So the fourth guy in this week's How to Say. But they are saving their certain players that are a little dinged up for the Thursday match. Right. They're saving them for the Europa League. What I'm saying is You're- it's just weird that you start the people that you did uh, that he started the defense that he did yeah. against Arsenal, unless right. he was that confident that Arsenal stinks and weren't going to score any goals against Well, and that's probably true. I want to insert here the manager quote of the week, once again, attributed to Jose Mourinho, and then we'll get to your how to say that you've yeah, mentioned yeah. a couple times, Let's Brian. get to it. But this is the right place to put the manager quote of the week because you guys are talking about the Thursday match. Uh, so not only was Mourinho uh, you know, kind of slighting the fact that you know, they had this match in the Premier League to play and they don't have a chance with the top four, but he's also building up the Europa League at the expense of the EFL Cup. Oh, great. 
Let me, uh, let me give you proof of that here in this Jose Mourinho quote. The last trophy I won was three months ago. I didn't care about that. Thursday is the match of the season. <laughs> Seriously? I didn't care. Seriously? He doesn't care at all about winning a trophy this year? EFL Cup? I mean... Southampton cared when they exactly lost. exactly do you get for winning that dumb little cup? Yeah, a spot in the Europa League. Same that they're going to get where they finish in the Premier League table if they don't win the Europa League this year. I just think it's odd. Go ahead, crack it, man. Leave that in. Do not edit that out. That is a tangerine LaCroix. You are a LaCroix boy. This week's How to Say. This week's How to Say, Dave. Are you going to get me some music for this week's How to Say? Yeah, probably. Sure, yeah. You know, Something for the French, music like this LaCroix. week, uh, it need, Dave, you, I think you can appreciate this. It needs to be Guns N' Roses. Uh, I was torn on what song. Uh, it could be Sweet Child of Mine for obvious reasons, but I feel like it's a too obvious. Sure. Uh, it could also be the song You Could Be Mine, which is very good. Uh, but Put I just feel like that's line. only there you, like for transfer, transfer purposes, maybe. You could be mine, but you're way out of line. Yeah, uh, let's about, go with the broader. About, let's go with the broader, more England-centric appeal, and choose the Guns N' Roses version of "Live and Let Die." Wow, well, cool. Sure, cool. cool. We can work that out. This week's "How to Say" I think is actually pretty awesome. The, and this dude, his first name. First of all, Scott, it, when when we were discussing who was going to be covered in this segment, uh huh, Scott, who was a wall from f- soccer. Slash football this weekend, right? Was who the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. who's how to say is this? This is yours. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, his first name is Axel, which is awesome. Which is absolutely awesome. It's awesome because it's awesome, and then it's awesome for Man United because now their fans avoid the Dave situation that other teams a la Azpilicueta and Mbokani. Yeah. Mbokani. Mbokani. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also awesome for them because this 19-year-old Congolese-born but Rochdale-raised natural center back started at right back for United against Arsenal. And Dave, you can confirm this. He made Alexis Sanchez look a bit this small. This is what I was going to say. He is a physical specimen. He he made He is an athletic looking dude. He put Alexis Sanchez down at one point, which is one of the moments of the match for for anybody who was talking about this match after, afterwards. Yep. In fact, post match Axel talked about having one job in the match, which was just to stick with Alexis. And he did that. Yeah. He did his job. As usual, when you hear his last name, you're going to get a lot of a variety of pronunciations mm. from English announcers. So, Tuan Zebe is what you're going to get. Zebe is usually what Tuan Zebe. Tuan Zebe. Tuan Zebe is what you're going to usually get. However, the better pronunciation is probably Tuanzeb. Huh. That last E, similar to the Beneluan pronunciation from a couple of weeks Ooh, ago. So he's Congolese, right? And they, uh-huh. Don't they have some French 
I, th- I think there's yeah, but there is no there. accent there at the end of his name. Hence the Tuan Zeb is the Tuan better Zeb, Tuan Zeb. You want to drag out the B and get a little eh at the end of it? You can try that. I don't care. Well, we I'm sure that the NBC pronunciation guy probably will, but we know how often they're wrong. You're up and coming, future star, maybe. Yeah, sure. Hey, I, I know. After one good match, lots of people are talking about this guy's the future of Manchester United. He he has the he has the capabilities. He looks like he has the tools. You put just him next question. to Baye, and they're both healthy. That's a formidable looking center back. Axel Tuanzeb. You sir. Uh, oh, sorry. Great game. Yeah. Uh, for the youngster who, by the way, was named Sports Boy of the Year by the mayor of Rochdale. I'm sorry. He was named what? Sports Boy of the Year. It's not. He looks not a nothing joke. like a boy. No, that is not a boy. His boy. his profile says he's six one. 159 pounds he's a skinny dude but he's tall and muscular and he looks on the soccer pitch he looks very tall. this match if this is the kind of match that if if they keep a clean sheet he probably ends up with bonus points in this match five successful tackles three successful clearances three interceptions like he played great he had a great game i know that's why i'm so that's why i wanted to give him a how to say and that's why i felt like of all the guys, to I mean, he, Mourinho. I mean, as usual, we were unlucky. Of course, we thought we didn't we didn't deserve uh, to lose he this had game. Multiple quotes in this match. I felt like we had the better of the chances. Both teams had chances in the first half, but I felt like we had the better, more significant chances in the first mm, half. Yeah, of sure course, did. they did. Sure. And then when Xhaka kicks from 150 yards away and it bounces off of Ander Herrera's back and slopes into the goal. That was very, very lucky for for them. You know who had another great match? Danny Welbeck. Oxlade Chamberlain. Oh yeah, he did. Two assists. And a couple shots on goal. He was sort of unlucky. He had those a defensive deflection might have kept him from scoring because it knocked it into uh, De Gea. Dave, you can pick one of the following two players to own in Fantasy Premier League for the final three matches of the season for Arsenal Football Gunner Club. Mm. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain or Mesut Ozil. Who are you choosing for the final three matches of the season? <laughs> You're would... a gunner. You're a gunner Soros right now, and you are putting yeah, your team together. Who are you choosing out of those two guys? Nothing I trust in Ozil. I I would. Chamberlain has the desire. He's had the desire for a while. He wants to start. Ozil, God knows where his his mind is. They have to be nearly five dollars apart from each other. Ozil is nine point five, and Chamberlain is five point eight. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I would rather own Chamberlain. Okay. Which is probably crazy, but. He has been wanting the chances, and, and I think next year or the, come this summer, if there's people willing to buy him and he's not going to get a starting spot, I think he's probably going to try to go elsewhere okay. to play, which, which stinks because I like him. I yeah, like he's been really good. Uh, can I go back to two on Zeb for a second? Yeah, sure. All right, so first of all, if you search his name right now, there's nine results on my uh, page one Google uh, search results. Mm-hmm. Five of them have the headline, who is Axel Tuanzeb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm disappointed the English media couldn't come up with a better headline than who is Axel Tuanzep. That's number one. Number two, I clicked on one because I don't understand what he's saying here. So this, these are his post-match quotes. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Let me find it. All right. It's all thanks to the manager because he gave me the opportunity. We didn't get the win, which is a disappointment, but I'm chuffed personally. Oh, I love being chuffed. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been chuffed before. What does that mean? I think it's the I think it's the softer oh, ended version of being chafed. Oh, you've been chuffed. At first, at first you see all the fans and you think flipping heck. That's not me censoring anything. That's him. That's his words. But when the game starts, you lose yourself in and concentrate on doing your job. I can't decide if I like him I like or hate that. him. I like that. No, All right. What's not to like about that? He was chuffed. I'll he's, tell you what's not to like. He plays he's for censoring himself. Mourinho nice. and United. That's what's not to like. He's, My bias is showing. Look, sorry. all I know is this did not end the way I would have guessed. No. 2 nil Arsenal. No, I didn't think that either. I don't think you expected a million goals from Manchester United. However... Uh, they didn't. I mean, they they put out the similar attacking front that they have in the past few matches. They did exactly what you would have expected them to, which is not not attack all that much and just try for counterattacking opportunities. The, Brian, can I give you a weird some weird stats? I'm not sure I've seen this all year. Go ahead. In this match, Arsenal fifty percent possession. That means United has even fifty fifty percent possession. They both had four shots on target. Arsenal, nine shots. Manchester United, 10. Arsenal, 705 touches. United, 707. Just weird, yeah. literally, how close. Arsenal, 524 passes. United, 530. Yeah. The only place where it wasn't close was the scoreline. That's it. it. It's just weird. I I don't think I've seen a statistical game that close in those categories all year and brian you asked earlier who's playing and who's not united's not don't go near them no arsenal way. is arsenal is yeah. and you're gonna if you played them for their double match week this week uh you know they're again they're playing at southampton i would rather night, play night. i would rather play sunderland players than manchester <laughs> united players for the rest of the season i'm well not said. but not without question they're, i would rather own lamina kone than any United Any United Manchester United defender, even Valencia, yes, probably because we don't. He won't be playing. There's not. Uh, there is no way in the world he plays all Assuming three. Assuming they beat, well, they were, they're already up yeah. one one zero on Celta Vigo. They're playing them at Old Trafford, yeah, on tomorrow or on Thursday. Yeah. On That's, Thursday. there's your full squad. After Everyone, they win that match, then all they're going to be doing is queuing up yep. whoever they play in that final Europa League match. Fun fact, by the way, uh, Celta Vigo lost at home one nil to Shakhtar Donetsk earlier in the Europa League, just like they did here to United, and they still advanced at Shakhtar Donetsk. Interesting match at Old Trafford on Thursday night. I'll say. Swansea 1, Everton 0, the lone goal here from Fernando Llorente. Martin Olsen had a great week with the clean sheet. Sure. Seven points total from the match. It was all Swansea here and nothing from Everton. Martin Olsen providing my bench with my best bench output of the entire season. Did you play your uh, bench boost, I did Brian? not play my bench oh. boost this season. or this. Uh, right. I did not play my bench boost this week. I played my all-out attack this well, week. It's still oh. good because Yoshida and Stevens were your two sure, defenders. Sure, but it's, it's really hard whenever your bench goalkeeper is Jordan Pickford and whenever you get yeah Mason Holgate. As is mine. Right. So all of that to say... Uh, I think you can count on any Swansea player the rest of the season. It would be the exact opposite 
I think uh, Everton players are down there with Manchester United players at the uh, beach for can you can you trust nearly any of them? And I don't think you can. I followed through on what I said I was going to do in the last pod. I sold Lukaku and bought Vardy, and um, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, Vardy did very well. I even captained him, which was a decent captain pick. Um, so look at you, Scott. Well done there. Yeah. I still have Ashley Williams in my defense just because I haven't gotten around to selling him yet. You've been saying that for more than half the year. And I'm probably well, going to keep him the rest of the year because there's, I mean, I still have Origi. Yeah, I mean, you're, we're at that point. There's hardly anything that you can do with these guys. I mean, as much as I would, I, I said, I, I bought Mason Holgate shortly after he started coming in. As did I. And, I mean, at this point, it's it. at least I know he's he has a good chance of starting. That's Everton's, about it. Everton's got two games, home it's to this, Watford. I wonder, though, you think the fans are going to let him slack? Playing home to Watford, that last game against Arsenal. Let's be honest. No, I mean if there's a time, they, they I mean well even show if up you're going to get anything, you're going to get it from them this At coming home. week. But yeah. that's it. Yeah, I agree. I don't know that that could be nil nil. The Watford, Watford match. Man, I think their fans will give it to them if they should. Sure. If they gave them that type maybe. of a performance. Hey, maybe maybe Kuman goes for the for the big uh, big statement and he benches Lukaku for this coming. Let's let's enter Valencia. I don't see him doing that at home. Sure, why not? Also, I don't see him doing that if he wants to have any chance of keeping him next year. Yeah, I guess I think he knows that he doesn't have a chance of keeping him. I don't know that he knows that, but I I do know that it's going to be a long shot for sure. Do you do you think Lukaku's staying? I don't. No, if I put money on it, no. Ask almost anyone, and they would tell you the same. Come on, he's not. No, I'm with you. He's not keeping Lukaku. But until he's gone, yeah, there's hope. Hey, every for, game, every time, Lukaku like looks around the stadium and just wonders, like, okay, this is my last time I'm ever seeing this place. He's gone. Yeah, man. maybe. Um, for two weeks, I think if you can buy somebody for for this two weeks, I I, I want to end whether it's this week or not. But I I will end with Gilfie Sigurdsson back on my team, even wow. if it's symbolic as a symbolic gesture, even if it's meaningless for okay. the overall score. I just think good for you. I just think Gilfie. Gilfie's just I feel like he's gotta be he's gonna be a part. He's gotta be a part of these last two and only three points this past week against Everton, but the last three scores, six, ten, and three. Yep. Not a bad output at all. He's on my squad and he'll stay on my squad until uh the end of the season. He's, he's as well. the seventh highest score midfielder score for the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean if you yeah. if you if you put him in there and stuck with him, I don't care which number def, uh, midfielder he is. You know, right now he's my third midfielder on my squad. You got good production from your third midfielder if that's Gilfie Sigurdsson all season long. Yes, for sure. You're not going to complain about that. There might be other places you can complain about, but not that. And honestly, I'm probably going to sell Origi and buy Llorente because Swansea are, are going after it. I don't care who they're playing. They're at Sunderland in their next match. Yeah. They're going to go after that match. Absolutely, are they motivated to win that match? So, yeah, I'm probably going to buy Llorente because why not? I've sold Olsen, but I still have Gilfie, and I'm going to own Llorente. That's all there is to it. Leicester 3, Watford nil. I bought Vardy because, let's be honest, Craig Shakespeare is keeping the Foxes playing to the end of the year, too. unbelievable. They've got nothing to play for other than top-half aspirations, but they're going to get there because they are fighting for it. Indeedy, Mares, and Albrighton with the goals. And I just want to say, Mares obviously welcome back, uh, at least for one week here, scoring uh, the the second goal in this match. I'm going to keep my eye on Indeedy next year. He's been nothing but solid since he was purchased in January. This was his third goal of the season, which obviously is not a huge output of goals, but he's a solid player. Yeah. 
And I'm going to be interested to see what a full season in the Premier League does next year. Yeah, he just doesn't play in a in a goal scoring. I don't feel like he's set up to play in a goal scoring position. I I think he is a good player. He has played a since what game week 21 game yeah match week 21 or, or whatever we want to call it. Um, and he's played a lot. It seems like he's just playing in front of the defense. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to, I'm not yeah, trying to still, hate on the guy. No, I understand. But he's also still managed to put three goals in. So, I mean, and it's not it. I mean, he's had a couple assists as well. So, I mean, he's had some decent scores. He plays regularly in that midfield. I'm, I'm not saying this year, no. I'm not going near him for the rest of the season. I, I played, you know, I bought Vardy, and that's all I'm buying from Leicester right now. Right. But I'm just saying next year, you know, avoid Spurs. Keep an eye on Ndidi. That's my early predictions for next for seventeen hey, eighteen. That this I, I'm going to go ahead and predict it. The game of the week this next week is going to be Leicester at City. That's going to be a good match. That's a big match. It, it is, and, and Leicester have nothing to play for, but for some reason I feel like that makes them more. Dangerous. They have one thing to play for: Craig Shakespeare's job. They like Shakespeare, don't they? I think I think they could lose every match, and he still will be there next year. But you you're think? not right; it hasn't been secured. But I, I think it's all but secured at this point. Okay. But yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I mean, if they want to make sure of that, yeah, they keep going. And, and I mean, it's it's been amazing what he's done. He turned them from relegation uh, uh, possibility to top half finish. I mean, it's crazy. The semifinals in the Champions League. Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals of the championship. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, they and they had a chance. They had yeah. a chance. No, no, yeah, absolutely. Even then. Watford, say goodbye. Say goodbye. And I hope. I mean, they're 15th. Flores got fired for 13th. They are 15th place. Can I just give you a quote? I know that we've already had our manager quote of the week. Can I read to you something from Walter Mazzari? This is what manager quote of the week 1A. I am very sorry to lose 3-0 against this team. In the first half, we could have scored before them, and they punished us for stupid individual mistakes. You wouldn't commit these mistakes if you had more experience. We have a very young squad. What does that sound like to you, Dave? Sounds like he's making excuses. Excuses! I hate excuses. <laughs> and he can't even give us the excuses in English. Oh, well, does Did he need a translator there? Oh, he's always using the translator. He refuses to speak English. He does look like Alec Baldwin, though. He is an Italian Alec Baldwin, and that makes you like him a little bit. A little bit. But you know what? I miss Kike Flores. He was a beautiful man and a wonderful man. His style and his scarves. Man, yeah. that, those scarves. I those The league has not been the same this year because yeah. it has lacked his scarves. Is he managing anywhere? It's, yeah, in England. The league or, has, uh, Spain, I mean. The league has desperately missed Louis van Gaal. It has desperately missed Kike, Kike <laughs> Sanchez Flores's. Pour one out uh, for all the, all the managers. And the fact that all we can talk about is the former and the current soon-to-be former again manager for Watford tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about fantasy soccer <laughs> and that club. <laughs> Bournemouth 2, Stoke 2. Brian! Brian! What are you going to yeah. do? you going to own Josh King? Or Junior Stanislaus? Yeah, look hey, at you, Scott. Brian! I no, said, Brian said it that, last that, week. Brian yes. said as soon as as soon as a phobie went out with his injury, Stanislaus came in. Junior Stanislaus played really well right away. Junior Stanislaus had a great run earlier in the season when he, he had, was out there. He was ownable midway midpoint. And the, of the sure year. thing comes out and scores a goal right away for for Bournemouth this time. 
Uh, he did limp off of this match, of which is not ideal. Yeah, that guy, However, that guy gets as injured as much. They as are not closer. anticipating his injury to be that significant. I hope not for his sake. Bournemouth is, uh, you know, it's interesting. Eddie Howe, his quotes after this match too were fascinating because he's got the club playing to improve on last year. He's playing the we're still fighting for Premier League security, not from a relegation standpoint, but from just being a club that stays up, like a, a West st- Brom, a stable type. club, a state, a stable club, club in the Premier League. And so he's got them fighting to improve on last year's performance. Yeah. He wanted them to stay up, and then he wanted them to do a little bit better than last year. And I think they've equaled now either their win total or their point total. I thought my head I can't remember which one it is, but one of the two from last year. And they're they're fighting now to improve on that. And so he's got them playing. They scored two in this one. They still can't defend for shit, but mm. he's got them playing yeah. hard in these matches. And uh, and so, you know, hey, why not throw a junior Stanislaus out there like Brian told you to do last week? Or anyone else that maybe would, you know, would I be... I mean, Josh King gets the assist on the, and on of the course, deflected shot. Uh, you called him essential last week. I mean, I feel like he's as close to a guarantee of points as you're going to find at at the at midfield, and there's not a cheaper, better option. He is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in midfielder scoring for the season. Wow! How many games did he play this year where he was a significant part of the team? I mean, who That's in the world would have picked Josh King? to finish in the top 10 of midfielder scoring uh, for the season. I'm fairly certain he wasn't anywhere near our top 20 preseason. No way. No. I wouldn't have put him. I don't know why you would have put him in the top 50. I don't yeah. know what would have why you would have picked him to be somebody who is this definitely not this high and somebody who is going to play this. He's a, he's a striker. His, he is playing up top for his them. His scores... From match week twenty four and on, are ridiculous. I know. I could throw a bunch of numbers out at you, and you'd be like, "This is ridiculous." You don't read one, all twenty four weeks of matches. <laughs> Whatever it is, then. I right, hold on a second. He has nine games out of thirteen games where he has scored seven points or higher. Yeah, he probably will double his fantasy point output of last season by the time it's amazing. Season. Uh, in fact, you know, we had a big discussion of who was going to score a dozen goals this year before the season started. And the you know, notoriously, I said Zlatan wouldn't. Sure. Got that one wrong. Yeah. Uh, Josh King's got 15. <laughs> 15 goals. He's going to be on the list when we examine who, who actually got to that dirty dozen number at yeah. the end of the season. We're going to have a great summer, by the way, recapping last year and previewing next year. Yeah. Um, Part of it's going to be looking at that. That don't you 12. think it's going to be amazing though for players like Josh King, like Gilfie, a lot of these guys that are on 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 the bottom half clubs to see because it seems like you know kind of like in the mid season when Robert Snodgrass was playing great for Hull and he goes to West Ham and all of a sudden it's like oh that's actually a really good addition for them. Too bad it turned out to be nothing right for West Ham. But it seems Which like the, I don't understand. I don't understand how that happens. To it seems players. like guys like that, who other teams might look at, like Zaha from Crystal Palace, is another one. Like you know, being linked to Spurs a couple of times on and off this season, and you know, I don't, you know, you don't expect stuff like that to happen for everybody. But still, like, I just feel like a lot of these guys, like Josh King, who come in and have you know just show what they're capable of in such a dramatic fashion like this, could could end up being a big addition to 
somebody else coming up in the in the next year. I hope for Bournemouth's sake that Josh King stays there. Yeah, agreed. I really do. Uh, just fun fact: there were as many goals scored for the clubs that these players played for as there were for the clubs that they didn't play for. I have an words, award to give away. This oh, match. ooh, okay. Oh Dave, boy, Cameron Jerome. Wasteful player. I'd like to hear it. Give it to me. Goes to Marco Arnautovic. Again. I feel like he's a perennial winner. He had an open, the literally a pass to him in front of the goal. And it w- I know I've said this multiple times on players this year, where like it was harder to make it than miss it. And he missed it. You mean harder to miss it than to make it? No, no. Yeah. Yes. 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 It was harder. It was ha- what he did was harder to what do. What he did was harder. Yeah. It was harder to miss it. Harder. Than to make it. Not easier, but harder. That's what I said. Yes. One of Marco's best statistical games of the year though. Two assists and he's been and he's done much better in the second half of the season. Marco defender over here. Look, well, he was Marco nowhere near. Boy. Marco is nowhere near. I'm just telling. He was you. nowhere near anything also, until midway through the season, and he's now had, he's, he's at least been year. better. He's had a weird year, and I yep. don't understand it. But I know this: this game, he seemed to be particularly wasteful in front of the goal. Yep, that'll happen to you. Absolutely. Even though he had two assists, these games all sucked. Burnley <laughs> two. West Brom, two. Sam Vokes with the brace, kind of out of nowhere. Solomon Rondon scored, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, Craig since Dawson first well. goal for Rondon since mid-December. Uh, Welcome back crazy. to the league, Jose Solomon Rondon. That, yeah, someone forgot to tell Rondon that West Brom's got 40 points already. Yeah. You're done, bro. Pack it in. Yeah. Go back home. Rondon wanted some action. Greg Dawson got in on it, too. Uh, so if he's your token baggy defender and you still have one of those, kudos to you. Uh, Burnley has has had a re- revolving uh, forward door of Ashley Barnes, Sam Vokes, and Andre Gray. Yep. It's like it's like a serious rotation. I think they play paper rock scissors before the game. I think you're to right. see who's going to play. I think you're right. So none none of the three are really ownable. So no one cashing in on the Sam Vokes brace in this one. Nope. Burnley safe. West Brom long safe. We all know about Tony Pulis and his goal of forty points. Not much more to say in this one, is there, boys? No, nope, not even a little bit. Okay. Hull nil, Sunderland two. This was probably the shock. Uh, aside from maybe Arsenal United, this was the shock score line of the weekend. Yeah. More because of the significance that it had. You could argue it was equal. Sunderland's relegated. You you could argue they have nothing to play for. They really don't. And they looked like in this match, Brian. Correct me if I'm wrong. It looked like they had everything to play for i don't get it it's like newcastle finishing the year against spurs last year look what is it about getting relegated and then playing well i don't feel like a lot of these matches that they've played towards the end of the year i know some of them are were not great i don't they seemed like they at least were trying a good bit of the time were they doing this for david moist I don't know. No. I, I think you know, who cares about David Moyes? The players might care about him. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think if they did, you'd hear about it. You'd hear about it like you heard Mark Noble come out and say, We really hope Slavin Bilic is here next year. Who's coming out and saying that well, on Mark, Sunday? Mark Noble's the the epitome of the LRD. 
yeah, locker, locker room, room dad. dad. Yes. Okay, so who's Sunderland's locker room dad? Okay, that's the first problem. But seriously, who's Sunderland's you, you locker room dad? You know who it is. Who is it? It's, it's, def- it's Jermaine Defoe. Yeah. And is Jermaine Defoe coming out defending David Moyes? No, Jermaine Defoe is enacting his uh, relegation clause in his contract to be a free transfer at the end of this season for somebody to get free Jermaine Defoe. That's amazing. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 David Moyes is gone. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's not sure if he's... It's too soon for him to decide if he's going to stay at Sunderland next year. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, Hall laid a huge egg, man. They I got mean, nothing. The, yeah, the, the other, the runner-up for the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week Award is the entire Hall team yeah. led by Indaya. Sounds like a... And die. Like it sounds like a. Even win, though I like wanted to say, female, it, like a uh, uh, soul, uh, not soul. Easy. Uh, who, well, easy. You're thinking of a An character Enya-type. from. You're thinking of one of the aliens from Avatar. No, I'm thinking about the style of music that's like the. Like oh, like the, Yanni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What like is that uh, like new new age. Yeah, like a new agey, you know, female singer. Daya. Daya. That's that's what that's what that sounds. Like, like Enya, come sail away. Enya. 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 Yeah. Say that five times fast. There's absolutely no reason why you'd have to. Go ahead, uh, Dave. What's your point? No, I, I just said the, the whole team uh, it wasn't from a lack of effort. They had a ton of chances. It wasn't a from a lack of, of effort. Chances. They had a crap ton of chances. And and who's the hero for Sunderland? Yeah. The guy who's Pickford. not the other guy who's not going to be there for them Always next year. Jordan the Pickford. other the other Jordan guy Pickford. yeah, my other fantasy keeper yeah. who I didn't start. Yeah. I started Yakupovitz. You and everyone else David. as opposed to Pickford, and I picked wrong. I should have gone with Pickford. Jordan Pickford, let's predict right now where he was going to be starting goalkeeper for who next year? Manchester United. Is he starting goalkeeper for West Ham? Is he starting goalkeeper for West Ham next Could be. year? Could be. There's lots of teams that want... I mean, you wonder where... Is he starting goalkeeper for Crystal Palace next year? There's lots of teams that want a better no, goalkeeper. Madondo, come back. Yeah, he's old and Hennessy sucks. I mean... Liverpool. Look, Stokes... Stokes Mark City. Hughes has said the same thing. Is Jordan Pickford starting for Liverpool next Manchester year? Manchester City needs a keeper. Yeah. Look... Mark Hughes said the same thing about Jack Butlin. Just the, the the desire for a keeper of the quality of the that 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 player has been is it's going to be tough to keep players like that on their teams. So David Moyes referred to Pickford as a young Joe Hart. Pickford type. can go, but Pickford can only go up. That's the I feel like yeah. that's the big difference. True, right, I agree. Jordan Pickford is cementing his saves per match. Uh, yeah. t- lead for the season five five saves again in this one, and a lot of them were crucial saves. And that's uh, relevant to this podcast moments. because saves equal fantasy points. Yep. And because they scored two goals, and because of how good he was, he finishes with two bonus points, which is wow. amazing. So he finishes with nine. Yeah. For the for the match, again, my bench points would have been nice <laughs> to add those. At the end from of this the week. opposite side of this match, Hall. If they go down, they're going to look at this match. I mean, it's this result. I don't understand. Relegated to Sunderland, last place Sunderland. You're playing at home. You haven't lost at home since your new manager took over, right? I think. Yeah. 
who has how, an un, who has the most unbelievable home record for managers of almost anybody that is in existence does right this now. Happen? I don't know. The bookies bookies took a wash on this. I'm assuming anyone was betting on Hull Sunderland. You're probably <laughs> right. Maybe. Uh, it's ter- I mean, and you know, you mentioned that there's a couple of defenders out there that you know are, are ownable for Hall, but in this match they would have gotten you nothing. Yeah, very disappointing all around. Because you're not owning anyone from Sunderland at this point, even though Jermaine Defoe did score. It it's the home thing that is the most crushing for fantasy purposes. Because even because you even if it's nil nil, at least it makes sense that it ends at nil nil. But it didn't. Sunderland goes. Sunderland goes. They have a goal. Golazo. Goal explosion. <laughs> Jermaine Defoe scores again. Jermaine Defoe uh, is going to finish in the top five of striker scoring for the season. There is no chance unless he sits the last three matches that he does not pass Zlatan. Uh, for, and it's unlikely. I mean, I guess it's possible that Aguero catches him. But Jermaine Defoe is going to finish probably fourth in, in, for, in scoring for strikers this season. That's Crazy. amazing. And yet Moyes still wanted to blame part of their relegation on Jermaine Defoe not scoring. Hall Ridiculous. led this match in possession, shots on target, shots, touches, and passes. Yep. It again. It wasn't from Hall's lack. They just were completely inept in front of goal. Completely. You know, you see kind of the same thing in hockey, where if the team, if a goalkeeper's having a, like the game of his life and stopping making a million saves, this isn't a hockey podcast, but right. Uh, I saw it the other night. Somebody mentioned it the other night that after a while, you just get. You just get the frustration only builds. Mm. I feel like there's so many similarities already in, built in and between soccer and hockey anyway. But, yeah. but definitely, like you, after you have your fifteenth chance or whatever it is, and you and the goal, you just at some point it's just like this isn't happening. Mm. This is not going to happen. And then you're and then you run the risk the other way. You just hope that your your goalkeeper can match that, and they didn't. Yeah, stinks for everybody. Let's go home. It's time. Hey. Did we have an injury roundup? Howdy, partners. It's the injury roundup. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, I mean, really, the biggest the, the biggest injury is is that affects anybody uh, is Sergio Aguero. There are other players that are going to be injured, but Aguero should be back. Although, I do have a bit of breaking news. Is there a breaking news drop of some kind? Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> breaking news. Uh, Scott, do you have a breaking news voice? Uh, Claude Puel. <laughs> Claude Puel. Happy to announce that he will have no hesitation starting Charlie Austin if he deems him fit enough to play. Really? It's a good thing I have a choice, Puel said. He played for their side or their League Two side last Friday. It is important to see every time the possibility to play in a good rhythm and intensity. And if I decide he can bring something for the team, I will not hesitate. Take heed, Manolo Gabbiadini owners. Wow, this is very interesting because a lot of people own Gabbiadini. A lot of people were playing him for the two double match weeks. And who was better on the lower end of the striker table? Than Charlie Austin when he was healthy. No one. Not anybody really. Maybe Defoe early. But Charlie Austin possibly stealing a start from 
Manolo. We'll see. Could be a big deal. Interesting. Scott's checking his lineup right now. And that is your injury roundup. Yeah. Right on. Well, Scott, where can people find us? Everywhere Fantasy Soccer FC is located? Correct. Facebook, Twitter, and our website, FantasySoccerFC.com. Hey, I want to give uh, props to you, Dave, our production engineer. You take a, a, a C minus podcast and turn it into an, an, a B plus every week. Oh, man. That's just by the, editing out the crap. There's a lot of it. <laughs> I want to uh, go ahead and give you props for doing that. Everybody. Oh, yeah. thanks. I try. I try. Uh, on you, a programming note. Yes. Uh, game week 36 ends Wednesday night, as we mentioned, Southampton Arsenal. Hopefully you benefit a little bit, but not Brother Matt. Cause Come on, you got us. He's a little close in the table to me. So hopefully right. he doesn't benefit too much from this uh, additional match coming up on Wednesday night in game week 36. Uh, then on Friday, right away, quick turnaround. Two matches. It begins again, game week 37. And from Friday through next Thursday, you've got seven straight days of matches. Fifteen matches make up game week 37, so don't miss that as you're setting your lineups. Unless, of course, you don't care anymore because you're last place. Mm. Well, all right, that brings Here us we to, are. to the end of our pod. I'm looking forward to the seven straight days of matches. It's going to be a lot of fun. For Brian, for Scott, I'm David. For the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. Until next time.